Schuster was in the most optimal lineup last year because remember the Steelers got eliminated by the Browns last year at 10%, but he was not in the winning lineup. Uh, Chase Claypool was at 13%. So slightly more, but still like the, the first round elimination team, like the one you have to hit on. And so that's what I've kind of been going through also is first of all, who, which are the two teams that everyone's going to lose in their lineups and fade in this situation. And then more importantly, like who are the high upside ceiling players? I don't mind playing, um, in potential elimination games. And I do, you know, to your point, Theo, on uh, Lamar Jackson, like I kind of keep coming back to uh, Jalen Hurts perhaps and Chase K. Playpool again this year as a couple that I really like. Well, our own Andrew Schellenberg is, has a, has a, a Jalen Hurts uh, lineup right now that he's all fired up about. So that's right. Construction in progress. The, the quarterback's been drafted. I think the rest of the team's got to come together. But that's where I landed for uh, for one of those teams. So. I, I bet that matchup and uh, Eagles to cover on Monday. And so far, I've gotten line moving in my favor. But I do like the over in that game quite a bit. Just for, honestly, like how poor of a defense the Bucks have been in the second half of the season. Uh, and more importantly, like the last couple of months, they have been allowing a bottom five rate of or top five rate, I should guess I should say, of 10 plus yard carries to opposing teams. Like their run defense, just due to the COVID list, due to injuries, has been an absolute disaster. And even if you take away quarterbacks, like even to running backs, they're still bottom five and percentage of 10 plus carries allowed to opposing offenses. So like I, I think the Eagles, like, you know, who already showed they can move the ball against them, but also had success against strong rush defenses throughout the year whether it be like the Bills, the Saints, uh, Washington was a really good run defense, and Eagles had no problem in either matchup against them. It's like I think the Eagles will have actually a lot of success in that game against them. John Daigle, the guest tonight, with some aggressive foreplay before we get into this this playoff challenge discussion with some dirty, dirty information. So those who showed up early got a little treat. I hope you guys have your pen and papers. We got a big one tonight. Let's go. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's a... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the district. It's that time of year, guys. It's that exciting time of year. Do you blow the bankroll you built during the season on some playoff action? If you didn't get lucky this season and uh, maybe went 0-4, is this the opportunity to make it all back? You know, that's for you to decide. But if if you jump in and play 
this is the show you want to be watching right now. Like we do any time it counts, guys. I mean, this weekend, we got wild card weekend. Probably, if not the best football we're going to see, the most action anyways, with the amount of games and the quality. Uh, so a lot coming up in fantasy with these playoffs. And as we do it, guys, we bring in the biggest, the baddest, and we bring him back this week. John Dago, welcome back to the district. I believe last time I was on this offseason, I said this is actually still my favorite theme song for any football podcast. And it holds true. Still love that rap song. Uh, also, since that time, I got to meet Theo. Like We hung out on Friday night for the live drafts post that Thursday game, which are always still my favorite. I'm very partial to the ones that add strategy after months and months of talking about the same players and the same strategies over and over again. Then you uh, you hit the bar until 3 a.m. and have long conversations with your partners and groups about like how high are we rising Gronk. Uh, the, the zero RB winner this year in Fournette. He was a very big deal. And uh, we, my partner and I got him right for the team that went into week 17 in 28th place in the main event. We, of course, went backwards because Tua and Jalen Waddle decided to have a terrible game. But nonetheless, like, you know, I, I love those Friday night drafts. So it's good to actually have met some of you from this podcast as well so far. Yeah, no, for sure. It was. It's always a blast getting to see people in person in Vegas and, um, also in New York, we highly recommend it to anybody listening if you can get to one of those live drafts. And uh, yeah, those uh, those 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 drafts right after Thursday tilt so hard. I was in an NFFC Classic draft where Mark Cooper goes off the board six overall. Yeah. Um, so it's just like it, th- things change. But um, yeah, it's been a long season, and um, we're definitely definitely stoked uh, to talk a little playoff action with you tonight. And it feels good that there's no waiver aspect to all of this. Yes. Absolutely. That's the best Thank part God. of the waiver grind, at least for the contest we're talking about. Uh, if we're done talking about this, like it's done. Once lineups lock, this is yeah. it. I mean, you, you can always have another show about the next round tournaments. Uh, I believe they FFPC does a, another tournament right after this weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sorry there always be more strategy, but no more waivers, no none of that strategy. So thankfully that's all over till next year. Guys, go sign up if you haven't. MyFFPC.com, the playoff challenge. $35 buy-in, $200 buy-in. You can play for 500K. You can play for 100K. Uh, You know, you uh, pick your flavor. There's, uh, I think, something there for everyone. And it's like the Rubik's Cube, right, guys, of kind of the the fantasy playoff realm. And it's it's challenging in itself. You know, you you think back to the initial kind of pools where you just fill in boxes and pick, you know, from a group of players uh, and then send it into that newspaper for for those old enough to remember those days. Uh, this is kind of reminiscent of that. You, you're, you're basically picking one player per team uh, in the playoffs. And uh, this year, the difference, I believe, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, is we're adding two flex spots. So you've got a 12-man roster uh, with the FFPC format with the tight end premium of course uh and then kind of the light phase fades uh as we call them um when we're talking about the kickers and the defenses you know basically uh kind of maybe the teams you don't think are gonna go as far and we'll touch more on on that strategy aspect is there anything i missed there guys that you want to add i know john you were talking about uh maybe how the 35 dollar and the uh 200 buying differentiate with regards to the payout yeah, the payout for the $35 I describe as more DFS tournament. Like a lot of people compare this game theory wise, anyways, to DFS tournaments, whereas it's slightly different just in that 
in DFS, for instance, this weekend, some people are probably going to go off the board, even some mid and high stakes, and play uh, a 3K receiver at the stone minimum, like a Byron Pringle or something like that, hoping to get lucky. Whereas we're not talking about those players for this pool. And so really, like, it's actually like a 60, 70 player pool, if that, that we're actually like truly discussing, or discussing, which makes it more interesting because uh, there will be overlap. We might dupe each other here and there. But overall, like, I don't think you need to get too contrarian getting contrarian is really just about well i can pivot off this this player for this offense like an aaron jones instead of Devonte adams for instance uh and the 35 since it's more top heavy and we're talking about really a top 20 payout that's what you're going for so that's when i believe we start getting to um 1000 plus um then you can maybe get a little more creative and stretch yourself a little thinner and say something like well alan lazard over Devonte adams uh since we are going to the top and in that case, you'd be hoping Marcus Valdez-Scantling with that back injury is out for the entire postseason. But yeah, really, I think everyone's sort of just trying to talk about right now with their partners or with themselves, if they're playing single lineups, just about like which players they're pivoting to to be contrarian because the other one's coming in too heavily rostered. Agreed, John. I think the, the other thing to mention, JD, too, as, as we're doing strategy here, and I think doing our own lineup at the end, but du- double points for the two players that make the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you didn't put a, a, a hard or a soft fade on uh, on any of the teams or the players that you picked to make the Super Bowl. And John, on, on your point, I don't know if this is like totally off script, but you, you know, just to mention, there's no salaries, right? It's just pick, pick one player per team. It's almost like one of those things where like you could overthink it because you're like, hey, I, I'm not beholden to the strategy. So you could go all chalk. You could fit in all the top plays that you ever wanted to. Um, but obviously you were talking about some of the pivots. So, yeah, there, there's some there's some overthinking that I think that you can you can maybe do knowing that uh, the world is kind of free and open to you and kind of you can fit into big plays if you want to. Unlike previous years as well, this, this postseason is super interesting for these contests because FFPC, of course, tight end premium. And, like, we brought all the tight ends you would want to play in a tight end premium anyways. Even to, like, go a little bit off the board and play, like, a Dalton Schultz, which may not even be off the board at this point, over CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, um, Darren Waller, if you think, like, the Raiders even hang with the Bengals, not even win, but you want that to be, like, your one-and-done option since we're really only fading two teams as a whole and not including them. Uh, there are so many, like, t- elite tight ends. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski at the top. And so – um you know, multiple tight ends, like even up to three, I think is genuinely in play if you're trying to go off board, but also get some ceiling plays in. Could yeah, you not is it is it up to five or three tight ends you could play? Because there's what four flex spots and then the tight end. So you could play up to five tight ends uh in, in this bad boy. And and you know that those FFPC guys love them some tight ends in in those flexes with the with the premium. Sorry, Theo. No, I was gonna say that they, you could just go nuts with the tight end position this year. It's like every almost every viable fantasy tight end is in the playoffs and, and in there. And, you know, any, any scenario you can make for San Francisco is George Kittle having a big game. Um, you know, you're looking at, like you guys said, Darren Waller, this could be a, it's an extremely high total. Um, it's a game where it's going to have to be pedal in the middle. So you might be able to get by with, um, you know, even if the Raiders play one game, this might be the game you want to play Darren Waller. So it's, it's definitely, um, you can definitely galaxy brain it a lot with your, with your strategy this year for sure. Guys, smash the like, smash the subscribe. Uh, we're going to get deep into it tonight. We're going to end this off with it, with actually putting our own roster together, the four of us, uh, into the $35 buy-in. 
Uh, and then later this week, we're hoping to get uh, the, the the GOAT district crew, uh, once Dan comes out of retirement, uh, to put together maybe a $200 uh, roster and, and uh, maybe drop a show for you guys to see that. So maybe a couple other things uh, for those that are thinking about entering is maybe don't wait too long. Yes, you have until kickoff on Saturday. Uh, I believe it's 4.30, 4.20 around there. Um, but it does, uh, I do believe they sell out like eventually, you know, it starts off slow and then eventually it could sell out. You see Andrew there agreeing. So, um, yeah, make sure you're not, you don't miss the party. Uh, and maybe you show up and you know, it's, it's already sold out. Like John said, there is a second opportunity as we move through the playoffs, uh, to, to enter a, a new contest. But for those who want to get into these bad boys, uh, make sure you get in early enough. This is the big one. This is the this one is you the want to get into. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I fear, like, by the time you're listening, you should probably go enter, even if it, entering a placeholder, because this contest genuinely gets more popular every single year. So could you register for the tournament and not fill in? You could, right? Just register yeah. and not fill in that roster. Oh, yeah, back and you, change can, you can edit all the way down the lineup block. So even if you just go ahead and get your money and get a lineup in, uh, I believe last I checked, this tournament last year filled by Thursday afternoon. Is that right? Um, and again, I, I think it's just going to get more popular. Just how many shows I've been doing in the last 48 hours. Uh, I can already tell you, like, there are a lot of other sites touting it this year. So I do worry that it's going to get filled by like Wednesday night this year. I brought, I yeah, brought two, out. I brought two stats and two stats only from the analytics department. That, <laughs> that's there's uh, 4,000 open teams out of seven, 7,000 for the big contest. And then, uh, about 9,000 out of 15,000. Uh, for the $35 contest. Yeah. So I, but I, but, it, but it does accelerate as we've just been saying, it'll probably accelerate tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Cause there'll be people like me. Cause I, I did the same thing. I, I put in all my teams and I've, I made one joke of a lineup with the, the Jalen hurts. And I don't know if that's, that's too jokey quite yet as the more I've thought about it. Uh, but yeah, I essentially all my lineups are, uh, are totally untouched. Right and now. I, I've, I've been waiting, uh, you know, to get everything final pretty much till Friday night, just because I like to hear what everyone else is going to do first. I think we talked about just being contrary, and I think what the field is going to do is still like one of the most important key aspects of this tournament. And so I'm just trying to hear the conversation from everyone, um, look in a couple friends like discords to see the players that everyone's discussing. Like right now, even for the Cowboys, I think Zeke like may match CD Lamb and that's not even because anyone wants to play Zeke. I think just everyone thinks it's a popular pivot off lamb, but now, or a contrarian pivot off lamb, but actually everyone's sort of thinking that. So I think Zeke will actually be heavily rostered in this tournament. So just trying to pick up little key aspects like that along the way through Friday. What, um, what other players uh, do you anticipate being extremely heavily rostered? So we already touched on how this is a tight end heavy slate, on the opposite end of that spectrum, there are no running backs. Uh, since we lost Jonathan Taylor, now everyone sort of goes to Derek Henry, who, again, we talked about pre-show, foot surgery, you know, about two months ago. So it's odd that even if he returns and gets 20-plus carries, which if he's healthy, I imagine that's what they're going to do, still insert him into their offense in his usual role. What does that even mean for his production? Uh, we saw Cam Akers come back for eight touches this past week and have 13 yards and did not look explosive. Awesome story, but did not look explosive. And I genuinely fear that's what would happen with Derrick Henry, like a 20-carry, 60-yard box score. And so I think Derrick Henry will get high up there just for the lack of confident running backs. I think a lot of people will convince themselves, and I'm not even saying it's a bad play. I like the play. I think a lot of people will end up playing Elijah Mitchell by the time lineups lock on Saturday um, as like a way to fill that running back spot. 
I'm still kind of waiting to hear about Leonard Fournette. Uh, I entered the week, not everyone realizing he's eligible to be activated from injured reserve. And now I'm curious, like, okay, maybe that's the option everyone is going because like, you know, Fournette in the last month before he got injured was averaging 13 and a half carries, seven and a half targets was a 20 touch back who was genuinely the engine of that offense. And so just to get that, um, you know, this sounds like a joke, but did you get that like David Montgomery like usage as like the only running back this team's going to use throughout the postseason if he comes back healthy, especially with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn banged up? Like it's pretty sneaky if we can get him around 20%. I just I just fear we won't be able to. Everyone's kind of honing in on Gronk right now, so we'll see what happens. And then uh, Cooper Cup is the one that I can't even tell you to get off of because once we lost. I say lost Sony Michelle. If you want to play Sony Michelle, that's fine. But in my opinion, like we lost him all the touchdown equity we could have received from him because Cam Akers is very clearly a part of this mix. May not be producing, but he's very clearly getting touches just in those eight touches I talked about. And so now you can't pivot off of like Van Jefferson battling a shoulder injury, hasn't been playing many snaps the past two weeks. You can't go to Odell Beckham, who's become more of a, who has been scoring touchdowns, but not really showing a ceiling since he's been, been used inside the 10 yard line more for isolation situations for one-on-one fade routes. Uh, and so like, it's hard to even find a ceiling in the Rams and fade Cooper cup. And so like, while he'll be 90% probably, I can't even say to get off of, like, I think he's just a good play. So, so, so it, it, what I'm hearing, Derek Henry may be your favorite chalk uh, choice to avoid and Cooper cup, the one you can't Cooper cup. Yes. Cannot right now. Uh, Derek Henry, my favorite to fade, And I've even, past 24 hours, I've kind of gone back and forth on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it depends on if you think the Titans are a fake number one seed. And if you do, that's no big deal. But they also have like been the Kingslayers this year. Their schedule was no joke. That's why I also think Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year. I just don't think he'll actually win it. But, you know, they took down the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, the Rams, the Saints along the way. Like they're, they're a legitimate team who at least know how to scheme with personnel that doesn't seem elite and so i kind of do like getting ron Tannehill back because even if derrick henry does not produce derrick henry being on the field still makes the defenses account for him and so uh a quarterback with rushing upside as long as we get a couple games out of him seems really interesting and so him and aj brown right now uh definitely have been toying with my lineups over derrick henry and gronk i have some the other one because i already talked about fournette's and then I, I don't know if it's already too early to start, you know, spitting the fire about my players. I, I'm probably going to have a lot of, but I think Mike Evans is actually a better play than Gronk. Uh, he only had an 18.5% target share this past week, but he played the fewest snaps he's played in a full game all year because he was out there just for the incentives and was Tampa Bay's only receiver with any amount of end zone targets. He hasn't reached a 28% target share in any game this year because he's played every game with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. But now, just to have that performance, and that wasn't even what we're expecting of his on-the-field usage. Like, now imagine no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin in a playoff game where he's playing every snap. He could genuinely, like, project for a 35% target share every single week. And so uh, I love I love Mike Evans over Gronk for sure. And fa- fantasy land just doesn't like Mike Evans. Like, he, you know, he could, he could do another 10 years, 1,000 yards easily, and, and people will call him washed up and, you know, not – not not a, a wide receiver one, and he just keep, keeps proving people wrong. He has like six to eight years left, and he's already a Hall of Famer, and nobody likes him. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But, uh, you know, that's how you end up with guys like Cooper Cup, right, coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Theo? I, I think the A.J. Brown call was very interesting. Um, 
it's hard to imagine a scenario where the Titans make a run to the Super Bowl and A.J. Brown doesn't have a couple of smash games. I mean, I look at a potential, um, you know, potentially a, a Titans-Bengals, um, a Titans-Raiders week two um, where you could have a potentially high total game, uh, a team a team coming into Tennessee, you could see A.J. Brown go nuts. And I think it's interesting, John, talking about potentially fading the Derrick Henry chalk. Um, we, we talked about this. Dan actually brought it up. Um, I believe it was last night. Dan brought up Deonta Foreman as kind of a sneaky play as well, um, where, you know, maybe Henry, Henry, like you said, could get the acres treatment and you could end up getting, you know, Deonta Foreman, very low, low ownership percentage, um, and he could have a, a playoff. So the Titans are kind of a polarizing team. I think there's value there. Um, but I did like, I did like the AJ Brown call. I think that that's a, that's a sneaky one. And I could see him having a nice playoffs. What do you think about that, Andrew? With the Tennessee Titans, yeah, k- kind of. I wish we had done any kind of show prep. I would have told you to stay off the, the Foreman <laughs> stuff because you know if we're doing a thirty-five dollar, I was going to spring it on you guys if I for whatever my first draft pick was and say let's shove Foreman in the running back slot. I I, I love I love the idea, especially if you're going to do the thirty-fives. Dale, you talked about it. You know the, the very very top heavy. I think you you want to make sure that you're 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 going for the top prize. And I think the last couple of years we've seen these. Now, I don't think they're going to be as low. Well, actually, Fournette probably was because there was that late scratch to Ronald Jones, right? But like the Raheem Mostert in uh, 2019, when our friends, you know, Austin Martin took it down, you know, 2020 last year with Leonard Fournette, there's been these really low-owned running backs, <laughs> um, you know, coming through in the clutch. I think one way to do that is to find these, you know, extreme 1% outcomes. And I think that you tell yourself the story, you know, as we've been hitting on, okay, you know, Henry's not as, as healthy as we want. Maybe he's the boogeyman to scare everybody away and ends up being Foreman who gets him through one to two games and he's just putting up lots of points, which allows you to maybe pivot to even more wide receivers in the flex spots and not have to worry about, you know, an A.J. Brown taking up a spot there. It's funny Probably. you mentioned the, you know, 1% ceiling plays because that's actually when I open the postseason slate. I always look for the matchups and the workhorse running backs in those in those lower seeds. Uh, it, it sounds obvious, but there's literally only a 12.4% chance that the higher seeds in every matchup advance. And so, like, we're automatically not assuming it's that easy. Otherwise, everyone will just have the chalk. And so, uh, you know, you think back to – you already mentioned Austin Martin. Uh, my friends, 4 for football, Connor Allen and Joe Pano, also took down the second-round tournament a couple years ago with Raheem Mostert. Uh, last year, remember, it was Cam Akers and Nick Chubb at those 1% mm-hmm. plays. A couple years ago in the Raheem Mostert year, it was also Dalvin Cook as the underdog in New Orleans who took down yeah. those playoffs in the winning lineup. So really, it just comes down to me. I start looking at who are the workhorse running backs as lower seeds that could potentially cause upsets. And um, the, when I start, first started looking around, the, the uh, options were the 49ers and Elijah Mitchell, who I only – and I'm not worried about usage. He's going to be a 25-carry running back. It does not matter that Trey Sermon was active off injured reserve. doesn't matter that Jeff Wilson's active. They've already shown that they will only use Elijah Mitchell. He's come back from injury twice this year, and they plopped him in for 25 and 27 touches. They do not care. They're going to play him no matter what. Um, and then I keep I keep kind of wondering about Damian Harris. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was not – on the injury report at all today. Remember he had the head injury, tried to come back in the third quarter, uh, really didn't play that much afterwards. He wasn't on the injury report, but I still think Damon Harris is the, the workhorse option they've used inside the 10-yard line more than Stevenson when they've been healthy together. 
uh, their last four games. And and, then, and, and, and fantasy land don't, don't don't like him as much either. He's another yeah. guy, Damian Harris. He's easy. You could have bought him easy, like uh, during the season. So he's another guy that, as much as you know what you're saying holds value, you you he might be, you know, the non chalk play mm-hmm. uh, on and, that roster. And that it's not a lower. Well, Miles Sanders, I think, is interesting in the thirty five dollar tournament, but also it's not a lower seed. But Joe Mixon seems like a pretty good pivot off of any Bengals receivers as well, especially since we kind of know that those target shares fluctuate. The production at least fluctuates week to week. And so, uh, and yeah, I, I like Joe Mixon as a good pivot here as well. This is why John's with um, NBC Edge. Uh, just a professional, man. Just dancing around these questions like it's nothing. Like I, 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 mean, I, can, I can just mute my mic. I'm going to mute my mic and just let you guys go. Um, no, you're awesome, John. I, I, I know that the, the audience is loving it right now, guys. I, I see you guys in the chat. Drop some questions if you have them for, for us tonight. We're going to keep going, um, through this. Talk about, uh, we talked about like the hard fades and the light fades. Do you, do you have any, um, favorites? How do you approach these, you know, the kicker, the defenses and, and, you know, the, the teams that you're not going to include in your rosters? Right now, I think Daniel Carlson is probably everyone's favorite kicker. And so I immediately think to not use him. Uh, I think it's pretty easy to get off like an 80% kicker. The Raider downer right there, folks. Now, now who I pivot to, I don't know just yet. Uh, and Daniel Carlson is actually even a good play since I, I do worry about that match. The first round, at least for the Bengals, being slow. Uh, the Bengals have been more up-tempo the past couple of games because they've been forced to. They played that rivalry game with with Zach Taylor still throwing the ball up 30 points in the fourth quarter because everyone knows he and Harbaugh have that beef, especially in a divisional game. That's important. And then this pat, and then two weeks ago, whenever Burrow was last in against the Chiefs, like the Chiefs offense forced the Bengals' hand. But overall, we also know that like the Bengals still want to run the ball. Uh for as much credit as Zach Taylor is getting as coach of the year, he's still a pretty poor in-game play caller. This past game, when they played earlier this year against the Raiders, there were 32 running back carries to 29 passes overall. Joe Mixon with 30 carries. And so just in at least a micro sense from the wild card round, that's why I think it's going to be a heavier Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon game. And we can kind of get away with one until Burrow and the Bengals offense are forced to shoot out if they happen to run into Chiefs a couple games down the road. But again, if it's the Titans, maybe that's not the case. Um, and so, yeah, so that's just a couple of my, my hard fades. And that's what I'm really thinking about for pivots right now. I also think knowing that Devin Singletary, or I'm sorry, knowing that Josh Allen is going to be probably the highest roster quarterback. I do think there, there, there's a lot to like in Devin Singletary. One, it's a running back stripped slate, which we already talked about, but also the fact that Devin Singletary has actually doubled Josh Allen and carries inside the five yard line over the last five weeks. They aren't like Zach Moss has three games in a row where he's been active over Matt Breida, but he hasn't received more than five carries in any of those games. This is very clearly Devin Singletary's backfield. And like that, just like DFS, when you pivot, you're trying to get the touchdown equity. I like, well, they can still get there via the air, but then all they have to do is hand it off. And suddenly like you're in the mix because you stole the touchdowns from Josh Allen. And I think Devin Singletary is a really good way to do that, especially for a, for a highly rostered quarterback like Josh Allen. So right now that's kind of just what I'm thinking through. I don't know what everyone's going to do with defense just yet. Uh, I've been thinking maybe the I play the Cowboys because I am genuinely concerned about that first round matchup for them. I'd like the 49ers quite a bit. And so I don't want to be the one that's like stuck with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, like one game, because we know those target shares fluctuate as well. Dalton Schultz also interesting in tight end premium since he does have the second most targets for them in the last five weeks. And I know in short term, I've seen some people cite 
that Schultz with Blake Jarwin back this past game actually did run a season low in route rate, routes run on Dak's dropbacks. But also remember, they were playing second string for the Eagles. They were pretty much a part-time offense. They only played three quarters. And so when push comes to shove in the playoffs, I think Dalton Schultz would go right back to his full-time role. And so I do maybe think we can maybe sneak in Dalton Schultz or the Cowboys defense there. That's kind of just where I'm at on Tuesday anyways right now. Uh, going back to, in, I'm sorry. Going back to the Bengals, um, are, we're assuming that Jamar Chase is going to be pretty chalky for 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 Bengals picks. Would T. Higgins be a pivot you'd be looking at if you want to go with a receiver? Absolutely, uh, but. I wonder if they're going to be- <laughs> Andrew's got a, a, a slight smile on his face. I love it. We love we love us some T Higgins over here. I do I love T Higgins. Uh I just wonder how much different they'll be. Like I, I think they'll be closer to like 60-50, right? Or 70-60. I think the difference is going to be minute. But then again, it could be so much that the extra 10% freedom you get off of Jamar Chase could help since we we're all aware that T Higgins could outproduce Jamar Chase in any single week. Um, that's what makes the first round so interesting because you know, the Raiders, Gus Bradley doesn't change his scheme at all. They run cover three, no matter what, and they don't blitz a ton. Um, they have blitzed in previous matchups, but they still don't blitz a lot. Burrow has been awesome against the blitz, but more importantly that Tyler Boyd had the, led the team with a 27% target share, and the game these two teams played earlier this year because he's the zone monster. He just settles into the middle of the field. So, like, this first round, Boyd could also just easily outscore Chase and Higgins as well. So I, that's why I think Joe Mixon or Joe Burrow is at kind of my my leverage over Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, because we're thinking about them now, are they going to be the most evenly distributed on ownership? Are we, are we going to see something like a 20-20, and this is going to be bad math here, but, like, you know, 30-30? Like in terms of like like round splits, maybe Mixon Burrow the twenties and then the Chase and Higgins in the thirties, or do we think one's going to pop closer to fifty? Like Chase is going to pop fifty percent. I my guess right now, and like you know, boys jump in if you think something else. My guess is yeah, I think those two are going to be close. I think Gronk and Fournette are going to be close, okay, and I yeah. think Debo and Kittle are going to be close. And those are kind of the three pairings I'm just looking around right now. Yeah, cause yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because because Bucks, you could even add in what e- e- Evans and Brady too to help evenly distribute that one too. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you said Josh Allen, the most on quarterback. I would have thought Aaron Rodgers. I know he's not playing the first like the wild card week, um, but I, I don't know. I, it- I I could be off on that early guess. Again, it's only Tuesday, but. I just think that most people still want to play Devontae Adams, more importantly, especially since we may be losing Marquez Valdez scaling. That's good. Good point. Going off of gut reactions and people I've talked to, right? Re- really informal and bad use of polling. But I think everyone's first reaction is like, if you're going chalk, it's Josh Allen. And, t- and to me, that makes me think that he- he's going to be the highest owned quarterback. Because yeah. I just think the the initial reaction from whoever I've talked to about the content. I like the Singletary, it's yeah. Bad use of polling, but... Yeah. I also think I also think with Rodgers, I think that you have the appeal of Mahomes, Brady, Allen getting the extra game where Rodgers is is on the bye. I think that that's appealing to some people as well. Um, the Packers are super interesting to me. Um, I know John, you talked about Devontae Adams is going to be super super high owned. Do you think that pivoting to potentially and Green Bay is my Super Bowl pick, so I, I have them going to the Super Bowl. I'm winning it. Um, do you see pivoting to Aaron Jones or 
if you want to get a little a little cuter, AJ Dillon, um, a possible way to differentiate from the field, or do you think that that's just getting a little too cute and you should maybe stick with Devontae Adams or Rodgers? I don't even think AJ Dillon is cute. I just know, like, just given what we know and how he's used, you have to get more than one game out of Green Bay. And so if they are your Super Bowl pick, then you can pick A.J. Dillon. I'm totally fine with it. Could easily snipe Aaron Jones, even though he has been running, like, nearly double the routes that Dillon's running. Aaron Jones still using the passing game. Uh, Dillon would have to be in more of a positive game script or at least a competitive one throughout. And again, you'd need more than one because anything else would entail the Packers losing and he probably wouldn't get used that much. You could just come up empty with 12 carries for 56 yards. And so if you think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, I think Dillon's totally fine. Our boy Evan in the chat points something interesting out. I didn't even think of that. It's it's the first year that we'll see Mahomes without a bye, which uh, you know adds a little bit of value, a little, little, so, little extra cheese on, on the, the Patrick Mahomes. I agree with Evan, but just like in DFS, literally the last three months, and I'm going to eat these words at some point, but uh, <laughs> I just I have not been scared. Like Mahomes is not the player that ends us anymore. We're not worried about him in fantasy, honestly, just because they had to change their offense. When they got – when the Titans committed murder in Tennessee in week eight and just ran the Chiefs out of their stadium, the Chiefs had no choice but to change their offense as a whole. And that's when they started cutting back and dunk, dumping more off. Mahomes, since week nine, leads the league in yards after the catch production because he throws close to the line of scrimmage to Tyreek Hill, to Travis Kelsey on shallow crossers, to Daryl Williams and CEH, who have been the team's number three receiver whenever the other two were healthy because they just stopped using Josh Gordon, Nicole Hardman, and Byron Pringle. They just don't care anymore. They're like, we will we will take the easy throw and we will move the chains that way. And to their credit, they genuinely have been one of the, if not the best offense in the league doing that. They're just not fun to watch anymore. Like they're not explosive anymore. Now, when push comes to shove and they have to put their foot on the gas, I bet they can still do that. But they've only done that three times over the second half of the season. And you can attribute why it happened all times uh twice against the Raiders because again Gus Bradley cover three doesn't change didn't go to eye safety the entire time in both matchups Mahomes ate him alive for I believe nine total touchdowns and no picks and then also the Chargers game on Thursday night and even then you could say with with uh Durbin James in the first quarter uh, Travis Kelsey had one catch and then Derwin James got injured and all hell broke loose. And then Mahomes started taking more chances because they were unable to play that same defense. And so I still am worried about Mahomes and think I'd rather just eat the chalk and going Travis Kelsey, especially if it seems like Tyreek Hill is going to be questionable because that's when like you kind of have to play Travis Kelsey's target share if Hill is out. I love it. Um, Super Bowl. We talked about uh, the double points. How does how do we optimize on that? We, we, you know, we talked, and, and is quarterback really like the what you're aiming to get to the Super Bowl to optimize? It's funny that you know Theo, you mentioned at the beginning about the Lamar Jackson lineup uh, because I, I've been assuming that we do want the quarterback to make it to those game to that game, but by the way it sounded, maybe if you just nail the the one you know the low rostered ceiling play in the wild card round you don't necessarily need the quarterback yeah i think that that was kind of my takeaway as well um and i do think it's it's year specific um but i think hitting on that that massive week from a quarterback that maybe plays less games is less important than a guy who just completely runs runs the gauntlet like you brought up a, a ryan Tannehill. um he's interesting but he doesn't necessarily have the ceiling. The ceiling plays in him. 
um, that we might see with some of these other quarterbacks. I don't know. It's uh, If anybody was looking for these stats, we were, we were discussing an FTN article. I thought it was just very interesting. But um, it was discussing that uh, over 50% of the, the, the teams in the top 150 two years ago had either Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson only played one game. But it was that complete smash spot where he went nuts. So um, it's quarterback spot is just – it's very interesting. Um, Jalen Hurts I mean, it is. All right, Jalen Hurts at QB, guys. Yeah, Jalen Hurts goes absolutely bonkers this weekend, and Shelly <laughs> Shelly cashes. Nothing and they lose by one point, and, you know, the rest yeah. of your roster is golden. They were uh, – I mean, Josh Allen had over 100 yards when they when they played the – Bucks, you know, a couple couple months ago. So, like I t- mentioned about the Bucks, the Bucks defense struggling in the second half of the season. Michael Carter was super explosive against them, and that's the point. Like they're not they're not bending. Like they either literally stuff you at the line of scrimmage. It's very Saquon Barkley. You get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, or they give up a fifty yard run, and so that's what makes the Eagles' rushing attack so explosive. So, like I'll admittedly, I'll probably be playing Jalen Hurts in DFS this week. Uh, I'm still wrapping my head around DF or Jalen Hurts in the playoff only league, but even like the $35 one that's more top heavy, maybe even the 200 because I do have I have three placeholders in right now and that I'll be finalizing on Friday night. Um, I could definitely, honestly, I, I think Jalen Hurts probably is a good play. I'm interested. One one game we haven't seemed to really talk about besides Cooper Cup um, was the the Rams Arizona game which is a high total game. It's an intriguing game. It's also very cool that it's a playoff game on Monday night. I think that's awesome. Um, do you see any value in, out, of, out of Arizona? Is there any player you're looking to stick in, um, you know, from Arizona uh, Arizona Cardinals? I wish we had more clarity on their backfield because we've seen either or James Conner and Chase Edmonds used only if the other one's out. Uh, you know, Benjamin not getting any touches at all in this past game until James Conner got injured. And that, of course, was the one that Chase Edmonds was out. And so if we had more clarity on that, I, I think one of them is a tremendous option. But right now, I think we all know Zach Ertz, even as a floor play, he's not even a ceiling play, a floor play. Well, people will probably take his receptions, their lone tight end and plug him in since he's really the only place to go. The latest news we have on DeAndre Hopkins is that the Cardinals believe he might be able to play if they make the NFC Championship which is scheduled for January 30th. And so I just, I throw, yeah, <laughs> like he's saying, uh, I throw that news line out. I, I just don't care. We're not going to worry about DeAndre Hopkins then. And so to me, it is either Zach Ertz or Christian Kirk would be my pick, if not him. I, I like the Christian Kirk because uh, I was watching Pat Crane earlier uh, on the, with the, the uh, ship chasing guys you were on with last night. And he was showing kind of, you know, his forecast with uh, ownership. And uh, it was the defense. It was Ertz. And Kirk was way down there. And I was thinking the same thing because he's had a couple blowout games, uh, you know, when Kyler can find him and maybe A.J. Green is is covered. And like you said, Hopkins is probably not going to be there at first, especially. And Antoine Wesley has three touchdowns the past four games without DeAndre Hopkins, but they've come on 11 catches. Uh, like they literally just lob him a coin toss in the end zone, which could could pay off. But also like that's something – it's Antoine Wesley. Like we want to bet on regression. So we're not really worried about anyone else in the receiving corpse, having too much production there. John, you're a beast, man. You you literally hit every point plus, you know, every answer was just locked and loaded. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Smash the like. We're going to, we're going to get into, um, do a little, uh, selection guys. We're going to, we're going to put a roster together. Uh, yeah. Is that, is it about that time, Andrew? You think, uh, Let's do it. We, we're going to take, take down a hundred K or what? Four way, which 25, 
25 000 us to me that's like that's like 300 grand up here in canada no, no. i'm kidding all numbers approximate <laughs> all right so we're gonna do a 35 guys if you're not already signed up on the ffpc myffpc.com um if you're not already on the site, actually tweet us at Goat District and let us know. Uh, we'll hook you up with a uh, $35 um, sign-up credit, you know, on your first deposit. So that basically gets you at least one entry into the 100K. It's a no-brainer, guys. Um, you're free rolling into $100,000, guys. There you go. That's what we do over here, man. We make you money in all kinds of ways. So... JD, you're going to share your screen. Yeah, I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to go through it. As I set this up, because as the professional I am, for some reason, I don't have the actual, um, uh, I'll, I'll get it set up here. But what, what's like, uh, you know, all three of you guys have done this tournament. What's, what's the one tip? Like if you have to give our listeners one tip as they start putting their lineups together, maybe they've got a couple already, they're thinking to do more. What's the tip? that uh, you can give. I know, John, you've been blasting tons of awesome information. Uh, but if there's one thing you want people to remember tonight as they uh, put these rosters together, what would it be? Since it is an overall tournament, I will say trying to nail down your low rostered, high ceiling player is kind of my first look. Uh, and we talked about some running backs or whatnot. I think I'll even tell you, I think right now my favorite low rostered, high ceiling play will be Chase Claypool. I think some people will go Najee Harris to get the running back out of the way or fade the Steelers altogether since it's just a, you know, a game where I'll assume they just immediately get eliminated against the Chiefs. But also, like, there's some behind-the-scenes usage that goes really well for Chase Claypool. His route participation has progressively increased in five consecutive games, so much so that he ran around on 96% of Ben Rossberger's dropbacks quietly this past week. And, like, that's all we want. Uh, the targets are inaccurate from Rossberger, but if we can guarantee that he's glued to the field, and again, uh, a season high, 91% of snaps for Claypool this past game as well. If we if we can guarantee he's glued to the field for every snap, then it's just like last year where we're seeing some positive trends heading into the wild card, and then he blew up, as we talked about earlier, 56 yards and two touchdowns in the wild card last year. So right now, like Claypool's kind of my favorite pick for the low-rostered one-and-done player. I like uh, I'm going to blend... I'm going to blend a well-structured analytical axiom with a total narrative street that I want to drive it down. So winning the flex, right? John Daigle, the, the ship chasing guys, they love talking about winning the flex. Yep. In this case, right, we've got two wide receiver spots and four flex spots. So that's six opportunities to put a wide receiver in your lineup. So winning the flex, that's important. Wide receivers on the whole outscore. Running backs, we've heard that. That feels relatively positive from an analytical angle. Um, the narrative street angle here, I would say is, you know, my takeaway from contest pass. In fact, I think the winning roster last year did only two running backs is that would be my goal. Knowing again, you're going for these 1% outcomes. And I think the narrative comes into play. If you're going to put a one and done player in the lineup and they're losing likely, maybe their team is throwing more. And likely if you're getting a high volume guy, like your digs or your Hills or your, maybe, you know, Claypool, whoever, like if they're down, maybe your wide receiver, even if they lose, gets fed. Best case scenario, they win and he gets a second game. When it comes to the running backs, they could be more, the more you put them in the flex spots, the more they could be susceptible to the one and done. 
and the team that's losing, likely they're not running the ball as much unless you just have like the that's a good you know, as you point, brought up yeah. like the 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 twenty carry monster. So again, well well backed analytical when the flex wide receivers to outscore running backs, and then narrative street. If you have a one and done running back, likely they didn't score much in the first place. So you want to limit your exposure um, to the one and done running backs. And I think the way you do that is truly only do the the two running backs uh, slots that are available to you. And I'll, I'll piggyback off of what Andrew said as well. Um, I, I am looking to target wide receivers. I think that sometimes the tight end premium aspect will have people trying to plug in as many tight ends as possible. I think that two would be the most I'm going to have. Um, on occasion, I think you could talk yourself into three, but I think that you need to look for those higher scoring wide receivers. I think that's the key. Um, and then balance that with a couple of running backs who are, who are hitting. I think that's the, uh, I think if you go back and look at the historical winners, um, they're not completely loaded on tight ends. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't overthink it and try to go completely nuts on one of these all, t- all tight end type, uh, type builds. I'm, I'm going to drop a sim, simple one before we put this uh, winning roster together. Make some brackets, guys. Go go on some random site, print out some brackets, and play them out, and then you know, kind of select the brackets you want to use uh, to figure out your outline. You you don't want, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head that the scenario you don't want, but you know what I'm saying. You want like we talked about who you want in the Super Bowl, uh, calculating how many. Um, games each players are playing at different positions. So uh, make sure you've got your brackets filled out. Um, you know, we talk on this show often, especially in best ball, how you're creating like a storyline in your head when you're building these rosters. So for you to go in and build something successful, you got to have a plan. The way to do that is just drop some brackets and pick one uh, when you're putting that roster together. That, that'd be my quick tip. Jay, the worst case scenario is to do like a, just taking one game as an example is, Tampa and Philly, right? And you have them both. You have no players from that game, right? You're just you're drawing dead because you know at least one of those teams is going to move on and continue scoring points in the next round. So don't don't harden, soft fade. Um, same two teams you can help it. Andrew with the save, I love it. Andrew's a good wingman. I could tell right there. All right, boys, let's put this bad boy together. Uh, I know John. You, you you know you talk about starting with the running back position. Um, do you, you, you want the honors, uh, to, to, to fill that first spot right now? Um, I, I'll take it easy. I don't want to get everyone upset at me since I am the guest so far. So <laughs> I'll take the easy way out and just start with Cooper cup. How about that? I like it. All right. Cooper cup. I find it hard, uh, to see Arizona getting past that first round. I don't know. Or- and. Again, if Arizona gets past the first round, uh, we talked about it. Negative game scripts. Do we want to play the receiver? And just the fact, I, I think there would have been a good conversation if Cam Akers was not available for Sony Michelle, because at least we could guarantee a 25 to 28 touchback, getting all goal line work. Sony Michelle had actually picked up in, in targets as well, finally being used like Daryl Henderson the past three games until Akers came back. So now I, I just genuinely don't think there's any other discussion on the Rams. Yeah, I think it's. I think you got to eat the chalk with with Cup. I think he's going to be one of those guys who's, you know, very very high high ownership percentage, but he's on a, a number of the top one hundred one fifty teams. I think he's kind of a no brainer for them. So let's go to Arizona now, since we're on on this game. Where do we want to put Arizona in here, if if at all? I think we. Can. 
I don't think there's anybody who particularly stands out as a must play from Arizona. Maybe we come back to them, JD. Yeah, agreed. I like that call. Okay, where do you want to go next? San Fran, Dallas. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Um, I like I like the idea of getting some Dalton Schultz in the lineup. Um, I think that it's a it's a nice pivot um, for Dallas. Um, I think that he's he's a guy who's had some big games this season. And I think that his his ownership percentage will not be as high as we will see with you know potentially a CD Lamb or a Zeke Elliott. Um, so I, I like I like Schultz. I think he's a sneaky way to get some Dallas exposure. Um, so let's let's throw him in there. Could even see Dak being a little more popular than you know we might think, just because he he is starting off in in this weekend uh, in a favorite. As much as I love San Fran. To, to upset Dallas in that game. Um, you guys good with uh, putting Schultz in, Andrew and John? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, th- I, th- yeah. I think that we've, I think that we've got to st- stick to the snake and w- what, however, however we screwed up for each other is just the way it is. So and it's $35. And again, I, I am, I am worried about like being the Cowboys being one and done. Uh, yeah. I, I think the 49ers are a nightmare matchup. Agreed. Yeah. Big one of those. One of those teams you can't count can yeah count out when it gets to the playoffs. J- JD, do you want to go next? Or do you want me to go next? Yeah, go ahead, man. All right, I won't get too crazy with the running backs uh, yet. Although, like I, like I said, I don't don't threaten me too much because I'll put Foreman in there. So, um, I, I want to go here, and I'm just wondering if we accidentally go all pivot. So somebody save it. Or I guess we've got Cup in there. Is is Chef Renfro, which is a which is a Theo favorite. I like the idea of potentially if they if we get into a shootout in that Bengals Raiders game, we've got uh, some exposure to to Renfro, and I think that what that does too is to the point that uh, John you brought up earlier, right? Is um, Carlson being the kicker play? I think that it, you know we've we've pivoted off that a little bit too, and again still have maybe a exposure to a second game for a. For and a it doesn't even here. need to be a shootout for Renfro. It can be yeah. just the Bengals getting a 20-point lead and they have yeah. to throw. So you could even go yep. mix it if you want. Yep. It's yeah, the, and natural, and- the natural Jamar Chase, Chef Renfro, uh, you know, head-to-head matchup that we've all been waiting for all season long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I was considering going mixing, and I am going to go to Cincinnati, but I, I can't do a draft with my boy Andrew and not uh, take our boy T. Higgins. I mean, I, I just crush – I just, I just love watching him, man. Just a monster. You, you know, you throw him the ball, and he's just a monster. I just love watching T. Higgins. But John, we did a uh, JD and I did one of those be- the the best ball tournaments uh, be- mm-hmm. right before the season. And you, JD, we actually did a pretty good job. We were doing, you know, try to do an episode per pick or an episode every couple of picks. But like J- JD and I, and like, look, it's it's both of our faults now. But I, I, it's so funny to think back on. It's like we just were not communicating. Just like talking past each other like <laughs> and like and then like we it like it hit us when we were like live on the show i think jd what you finally realized i was like we could have had t higgins twice <laughs> and i think we uh we we named one of the episode titles uh we could have had t higgins twice so it's it JD, like, I, lo- I love that you grabbed him here it was like the least sneaky monster season two since even last year whenever joe burrow was healthy higgins who profiled as a, a deep threat coming out of college uh, we didn't know he had all the routes figured out. We just thought he was just a go-route guy who did make contested catches throughout his collegiate career, but was on pace for over a thousand yards with Burrow. So it wasn't shocking to see him get there. But then now to like 
play alongside who is essentially 21-year-old Des Bryant and Jamar Chase and still lead in targets in the games they've played together is – it's insane. Like, he's such a good talent. And also, a quick note, like, how – how perfect did Go Bills nail that first place team? Just God, in, in a year, it. Oh, it was impossible with COVID and injuries to hit the nuts. They hit the nuts for yes. a redraft team. <laughs> yeah, it was yes. awesome. It was unreal. Good for them. Yeah, big time. Big time. All, All right, John. Thank you. I will start looking to the running backs now, and I will. Unfortunately, take Josh Allen away from us and go Devin Singletary as like our pivot. That. I love that. I love it. I, I think and I, if you had anything else to add, I, I was going to say, like, I, I love the idea of getting one of or two of, and the, once you start naming things, you're going to forget them. But like the Singletary, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, or like the true pivot is like the Donta, Donta Foreman. It's like one, one, or two, one or two of those guys – I think will be really sneaky in terms of like who's that late round or I guess in the case of Foreman, like the underappreciated one seed uh, you think may pop. And ceiling games, certainly plausible, but also right now anyway, it's only Tuesday, but I believe this first game projected, you know, first of all, the Patriots are Allen's bugaboo, but the, this yeah. first game projected for under 10 degrees, perhaps some snow. And we've seen four snow games from Josh Allen this year. And he played horrendous in all of them. Even these past two weeks, that Falcons game was three errant interceptions that he had no business making those choices anyways. And then this past game, uh, once again, Devin Singletary scored his two touchdowns with 830 left in the game. But also like they've shown now two weeks in a row that Devin Singletary, they'll just ride him. They're going to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands actually, and just play it safe to run him to the ground with 20 plus carries. So Devin Singletary, yeah, he's just been quietly used heavily as a bell cow running back. Love it. Yeah. Right, I, yeah love I, the sing- right. I love the Singletary play. Um, and I was, that was one I was considering here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Kansas city now and I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I like uh, what John talked about earlier in the show. Um, Tyreek Hill is questionable and um, you know, Kelsey seems pretty chalky. Um, I think there'll be a number of Mahomes teams in there as well, but I think Kelsey is going to have a, a, a heck of a playoffs, um, and I think he's a very safe pick um, for this build with upside as well. What do you guys think of that, JD yeah, and Andy? I think, I think we've pivoted enough on on other selections where you can start making those chalk picks. It's it's hard to go through and not make any chalk picks. You know what I mean? Because you're you're just your to- total points, your ceiling is is probably not going to be as high. So, I mean, Travis Kelsey with, you know, Hill having some questions or some issues uh, we talked about and, you know, they're playing Pittsburgh in the first round. You got to think that uh, they get through that round and, and uh, put up a lot of points. And Kelsey is always going to be the center of that, that offense, in my, in my opinion. Andrew, you got an objection or John? No, I like it. No objection at all. I'm, I'm actually hoping that, Recency bias plays a big part in it since Kelsey was only targeted five times on Mahomes' 44 attempts. But we also know with no Kelsey, like in a playoff game, they're not going to hammer Michael Hardman near the line of scrimmage. Like they're still going to be heavily involved with Kelsey. So I would hope he loses. He's not going to lose much, but hopefully like 5 to 10% of the field not wanting to get on him. I will say, Theo, I think your note going into this was don't go tight end crazy. No, 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 tight end. We, we, we hit our, I, I, hit our, <laughs> I, cl- I, cl- I clarified, I clarified. Yeah, so I did, I, you know, I, I, we hit two, we hit two guys. 
All good. I was just all right. So so far we've got Singletary at running back. We've got Hunter Renfrew, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, and then Travis Kelsey and, and Dalton Schultz. And, at the and tight for God's sake, if you're if you're doing the podcast, go and look at the YouTube. JD, you're stre- you're streaming this for the people. Hundred percent, guys. If you're listening to this right now, which we appreciate all of you that download our pod, because even though the, the the YouTube channel is you know is slowly growing, you guys have been downloading. Uh, at the same pace if not better so we appreciate you guys keep smashing that that download that subscribe out there in podland but make sure you're on the youtube channel guys like a lot of this is visual um obviously theo is a good looking dude you don't want to miss out on that shelly he's you know andrew's a bit in the dark so he he keeps it he keeps it romantic with the with the lightings but um no man you you got to check out the visuals check us check out Check us out on YouTube, and and the benefit there as well is we've got the live chat, guys. We will answer your questions, um, maybe nine point nine times out of ten. Andrew, you're up next, man. Don't don't snipe my pick, so you you can take the next one. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do um I'm gonna keep some more options for quarterback open, but I am gonna shut down a flex spot. I'm gonna go Mike Evans here. Uh, I I like I like the idea, especially if if I I, I want access. So given our build, which again, you can see on the YouTube channel, um, I don't love Brady here. I don't want to be locked into a third tight end with Gronk. Um, but given, you know, the, the Buccaneers as favorites and wanting to do a second game and the target share, uh, I want Mike Evans on this roster. So wanted to add him for those reasons. I like it. Anything to add, guys, with, with Evans? I think we talked about him earlier. Yep. All right. I'm going to go to New England. And I love me some Damian Harris. Nice. I mean, I, I love me some Damian Harris. I think he's actually undervalued just overall in fantasy land. Um, and I think in this lineup, you know, like what John talked about earlier, he's not the sexy pick, right? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is that sexy pick. He, he, he you know, he's, you've got these guys like the Acres. Uh, what's what's the one on uh, Baltimore earlier in the season? The Williams, one of the Williams guys. You know, on, it, it, yeah. it, it's just that sexy feel when you pick these guys. Harris, for some reason, Fantasyland don't like him. I love him. I love him in this lineup. So I'm I'm throwing in the, New, the New England back. Uh, now, now, JD, I I do love Harris, and it's it's hard to see sometimes when you're when you're hosting. I just wanted to acknowledge in case you have. What did I miss? Is we've I got the, the two two running back slots. They play each other. Ah, you are. So we know no, I just I, I wanted to bring up because I have an opportunity to to take. All right, I got All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Yeah, you can you can leave it. I, I don't want to be too crazy, right? Because maybe Harris. No, but let, let's talk this point. out. That's a that's a very valid point, guys. Let let's talk this out. Um, why is my battery saying well, it's going to die? Get, uh, so in this scenario, in this yeah, scenario, sorry, sorry yeah, to cut you off, Um, but in this scenario, it would actually be beneficial for the Patriots to win because then we would be one of the few, the one of the lower teams with Singletary, okay. with rather than all the teams carrying Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And so, Got like, it. we would actually want the Patriots, and that's how they would win. It would be via Damian Harris, most likely, or if they build a lead running the ball. So, I, I don't think it's actually the worst idea, honestly, in a thirty-five dollar league. Good, okay. I, just, I I just wanted to make sure that that there was still leverage to be gained. So, I yeah, and and I, I love all of that. I, my pivot would have been Hunter Henry here. Just he's got the potential with like kind of the two touchdown yeah. type of scenario. So that would have been my pivot, but. Um, you guys, you guys have a preference, Harris or or Hunter? No, I like I like Harris. I like the Harris one. the ge- The guest should be picking the QB though. This should be a QB pick from. I, uh, I agree. So, I agree. A little, a little pressure. A little pressure. A little pressure. 
Here, here's to set the stage. I don't know if we're sniping picks or, or really actually guessing what's in your mind, but you've thrown out Jalen Hurts, who I think is an option here. And you've also mentioned that you like Elijah Mitchell over any of the San Francisco guys. So I'm really interested, you know, ca- calling back to earlier in the show, are you debating between Jalen Hurts and Elijah Mitchell for one of one of your two spots here? Where's I was going on? I was going to use one of those two teams, yes. Okay. Uh, but I think since we now have Singletary and Harris, once he picked Harris, because I was looking at Mitchell over Debo, since we have those, I think Debo's the, the better pick. But again, nice. since I am the guest, I'll go ahead and do what was advised and take the quarterback. And so the, <laughs> going back to the quarterback, it then goes to Jalen Hurts who, or Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, we, we hinted at it that um, perhaps not the ceiling, but remember with Derrick Henry coming back, Julio Jones, like finally at full strength and flashing anything this past week, led the team in targets. Uh, I think Tannehill quietly does have the ceiling because, again, he has shown that he is rushing upside, in particular inside the 10 as well, to snipe touchdowns on RPOs. So I do think Tannehill's a sneaky ceiling, and they have Super Bowl aspirations. Having said that, I will still go Jalen Hurts, who I think is an awesome play. And jailbreak Jalen Hurts, as we've seen time and time again this year, could still get two little bunny one-yard touchdowns. And, like, that's our low-roster quarterback that we don't even need to make the Super Bowl. Did I mention that a hundred grand split into four and then translate into Canadian money? I can, my entire family generations will be able to retire off this 25 us. <laughs> there you go, JD. I love it. Jalen hurts. Man. Something excites me about Jalen hurts. I don't know. He's just exciting to have in your lineup, you know? And, and we talked about that Lamar Jackson year, uh, busting like a 40 pointer in the one game to, to mm-hmm. give you that winning lineup. And I mean, who else but hurts? I love how John built that up with the Tannehill, though. I love that A little teaser. So, so this one for me here would be Devonte Adams, or we pivot to Aaron Jones. Um, we're we're pretty chalky with the with the cup and the Kelsey selections, but we did differentiate in some other positions. Um, that's my Super Bowl team. I could kind of go either way here with those two guys. I'm wondering what you guys would like to do. I'm, I want to go with the Green Bay Packer. It's going to be one of those two guys. So maybe we'll all crowdsource this one and go Andrew, John, and, and JD and see what you guys think. Do you want to go Aaron Jones or do you want to go Devontae Adams here? You, you know I'm saying wide receiver, so Adams. I would say Adams because no one will have Hurts, Damian Harris, yep. and very little Hunter Renfro. So I think, Again. Done, I think we've done enough to confidently differentiate yourself. Yes. Again, Harris may not even seem advisable, but if, you know, in a game script, the Patriots win, we can likely point to Harris and also say we did not lose Josh Allen, whereas 80% of the field or 60% of the field did. And so we're already at an advantage if the yeah. Bills get knocked out first round. And I mean, I love it. Let's, let's, let's so, so far that. we've got, we've got at best, you got Kelsey is chalk, Cooper Cup, chalk. And then now Devontae Adams. Otherwise, we've differentiated. Some people might say Schultz is the chalk in Dallas, but um, we'll see as we get closer. That hype starts to build with those young guys like CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, um, I I love the the mix that we have on this roster. Now we're into these, uh, you know, these light fades with with the kicker and the defense. Anyone have uh, anything they want to throw on the table here? Who who are the four available teams? I'm going to try to do it from looking at – I think we've got Arizona – We've got Pittsburgh. We've got San Fran. And we've got 
Tennessee. Yep. Tough choice. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, you're you're a Prater guy. <laughs> is is anyone truly a Prater guy? I guess I I would say let's at least maybe maybe hard fades. I don't so I don't think it makes sense to hard fade the Titans. So I think we should either get Titans uh, kicker or defense in there. And then so I guess that that leaves us if we could like narrow narrow that down. We've got either then San San Fran Pitt or Arizona to then slip in there. But that's just that's a, a way to think about it. Well, you got to think that the the the, the, ten, the or the Tannehill, the Tennessee defense. What is it? Cincinnati possibility in the second round. Cincinnati, yep. I mean, I would, I would, if 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 it was just me and I had this this luck, and I would look for Tennessee as my defense. Yeah. Um, I think that they're they're a game script type team. They're gonna have to run the ball. I think you get some defensive points potentially. They're going to have home home field advantage. Um, I would potentially go with the defense, unless you know. Yeah, no. Let's, sure. let's go there. Could um, could Boswell be that sneaky kicker? Because I don't know. He's just one of those guys where he has those games. They're playing KC in that first game. It's going to be one and out. But you're I shaking think, your Tomlin. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, whenever they played. Uh, they were down thirty nothing, and they still kicked two field goals in the fourth quarter to, <laughs> to salvage the box score. So actually, Boswell makes sense. Yeah, you guys agree with Boswell? Yeah, do do Boswell then Tennessee D Tennessee defense. All right, and hope Tennessee goes one and done and gets right. slaughtered. I love it. Like I'll fly you. I'll fly you guys into Canada, and we'll throw a big party oh, with my with my twenty five. <laughs> Mike Tomlin looking to cover all the three team uh, teasers for everybody across America with a couple of Boswell kicks. So, just now in terms of duplicates, JD. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. No, I was just going to give a quick, quick, yeah. uh, quick rundown of the roster. So we've got Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Our running backs are Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, uh, and then we went re- uh, receiver with Renfro, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, and then tight ends Travis Kelsey, Dalton Schultz, with Chris Bod- Boswell and the Tennessee defense uh, to finish that out. And again, we, we emphasize it throughout the show, but just remember to do your bracket because like in this scenario for us, uh, we would have most likely the Patriots would win from the sixth seed and we assume the Steelers are going to lose from the seven. Thus, we would have Damon Harris against our own defense. But, you know, that would be okay. We'd need, we'd need some, a little help from our Titans defense, but just make sure to do brackets like that and make sure it all makes sense. And and I say this with the utmost of complimentary tone. It's a thirty-five dollar one. We're going for the top prize, and I think we've successfully um, made sure our audience is not going to try to duplicate us. So I, I love it. <laughs> uh, so so we'd have to make a real effort to duplicate this thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it, John. This was awesome, man. We we appreciate your time. We know it's valuable, and we value you uh, coming on. You know, uh, as a as a, as a guest, and uh, you know, one of our favorites, man. We love having you on, and this is why. Just the goodness you drop is is that good. Anything we missed that you want to share? Remind the people where they can find you, obviously, and anything else you've got coming out uh, that people can uh, look for. NBCSportsEdge.com. 
in particular tomorrow morning. By the time you're listening to this show, maybe if you're catching the replay, uh, I'll be hitting the lab the rest of this evening and going and sorting out my playoff only rankings, top 70 extended for the extra team this year. So uh, I will have like contrarian players like Jalen Hurts ranked higher than some normal quarterbacks because I think they're better tournament plays for playoff only formats in one and done situations like this FFPC tournament, like best ball leagues. And so I'll be producing those and then updating them throughout Friday evening. So you can check that out there, or I will probably have it pinned by tomorrow morning as well at not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Awesome, John. Appreciate awesome. it. Yo. Excited to see that. No, this was awesome. Um, we love having John on. I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm going to actually uh, probably fire in a couple more uh, lineups tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Andrew said, you know, Andrew reminded everybody earlier, I think it's a great one that um, this contest is going to fill up. So don't wait until, you know, Saturday night to try to get them in. Or excuse me, don't wait till Friday night to try to get them in. Um, I would try to get everything in tomorrow, but um, I'm fired up. I think it's great. I think it's a really exciting playoffs. Um, I think we have some question marks as to who's going to um, make the Super Bowl. I think that's really exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to some awesome games this weekend. We have a number of games where – the total points are, you know, somewhere in the 48 to 50 range. So I think we could have some real shootouts and it's going to be, um, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome weekend for any football fan. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. Andrew, anything to add? Friday night. So great because you can still win a half million dollars. And I love just like that, that Saturday 4 PM kickoff when all of my lineups somehow go to shit at once. It is just <laughs> the best, best feeling, the highest of highs with all the possibilities and then the lowest of lows. And that's what I play fantasy football for. Two hundred dollars, five hundred k. I mean, it's literally a better prize pool than any other format. DraftKings, FanDuel, any other format is offering right now. That's why it's the best. So absolutely get in. And I, I wish my my stats and analytical department uh, did this better. But I, I think that there's like pretty easy access to some main events for the twenty twenty twos in terms of the the prize pool too. In terms of the, the places you mm-hmm. can get so. Uh, th- there's a potential to parlay the $200 into the another shot uh, next year in the, in the main event for half a million too. So, and and second is a hundred grand in that 500. I mean that that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that'll be okay. They'll 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 have the same yeah, amount we'll get to split. You know. Yeah. All right, guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you smash the like, the subscribe. We're here all off season. I know Theo. He's got some serious guests lined up. We've got our our usual Debbie rookie guys lined up uh real soon we're gonna start hammering them out uh get you prepped for those rookie drafts good luck to everyone playing in the contest this weekend the ffpc playoff challenge make sure if you haven't signed up to the site myffpc.com at goat district on twitter just tag us um dm us and we'll hook you up with a 35 dollar credit uh when you sign up and open an account it's basically a free entry guys so you'll be competing with us for that 100 grand Guys, enjoy the football this weekend, man. It's uh, it's it's almost over. You know, like February is uh, just around the corner. So enjoy it. Take it all in. Hope you guys win some money. We'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy 
trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's a... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. John, that was a lot of brother. Thanks, gentlemen. That was a lot of fun. Really good.